Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. Hey, wife. I'm I guess that's the end. And I'm wife. Husband, Together, we're reading sad. the Bible for the very first time. It doesn't have to time. be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. To know what Our handle all the there is Sacrilegious about. underscore Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a oh dick. God. And apparently Stop some doing that. believe in Anyway, we're also on Facebook, We're not Instagram, trying to pass ourselves Pinterest. off as experts. There's a link to nope, all of our social media sites at our website. We have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a podcast jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go notebooks yeah, and more, as it. well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that's that bad. out right now. Right, definitely. You know they can get doing? in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. <laughs> My brain, you know, you know how your brain Well, just, like, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our just said it Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegiousdiscourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Got it. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes 
episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple Review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instruction. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. I'm going to recommend a bonus episode. Oh. Let's get in here. Okay, let's go do this. Yeah. Okay, now before I get into all that um, rabbit, rabbit hole, shit. hole shit, yeah, yeah, let's talk about Nehemiah some. Yeah, that's okay? a good idea. Since yeah. it's you know the Nehemiah wrap up. Right, you'll understand why I'm like trying not to rabbit hole in just a minute. Okay, okay? yeah, but let's just get through this. Yeah. So to recap, Nehemiah under the edit. Edict, edict, ed- <laughs> idiot, edict of Cyrus II, the Jewish people returned back to Israel in three different waves of migration. Right. Right? Yeah. So the first one was under the leadership of, do you remember? Uh, that, no. Shesh Bazaar. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah. guy. In 538 BC. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they finished building the temple under the leadership of Zerubbabel in 515 BC. And Zerubbabel may have also been Sheshbazar. Okay. Do you remember that? Yeah, vaguely, yes. Like, it was a, it was a while ago, you know. Like it's yeah, been a while. Yeah. I remember um, the name now that you're saying them. I remember it. Well, know? one of them may have been a, his title, or one of them may have been his name in Babylon. Okay. So we don't know. Got it. But it, it's suggested that they're probably the same guy. Got it. Okay? I do remember kind of discussing that at some point. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the first return, okay? Yeah. The next wave... I got this one. It's Ezra. Yeah. Exactly. Came 81 years later in 458 BC. Okay. And yeah, it was Ezra. Okay. Okay, and that's what we read about. Right. In Ezra. Yeah. Okay. The third return... Nehemiah. Was under Nehemiah, yes, in 445 BC. Okay. Okay. Now, most scholars believe that Nehemiah was actually a real historical figure. Okay. So he probably really existed. This dude was real. Yeah. And real something. <laughs> and um, they also believe that the Nehemiah memoir, which is a name given by scholars to certain portions of the book that were written in first person. Okay. That it actually is historically reliable. Interesting. Yeah. So. Really? Most scholars do believe that a lot of that shit actually happened, which makes sense because... Nothing magical happened in right. that book. It well, was in fact, all the rebuilding, and it was all about the governorship between him and Persia. Well, and we commented multiple times that even when he was, you know, talking to God, mm-hmm. it was about God recognizing him. Yes. It wasn't actual talks with God. No. Like in other books. Like other books in the Bible so far, there's been a back and forth of some type. Mm-hmm. You know, like God said to do this or do that. Or the book just tells us, and God had him do that. Right. Yeah, this, but there was none of that in no, this No, this was all just history. Right. And apparently... Really bad history. Yeah, totally. Like, totally. Skewed history. Absolutely. But stuff that could have happened, and according to some, some scholars, of some of it probably did, which right. makes sense. I right. mean, shit did get rebuilt. Sure. So, yeah. whatever. So, appearing in the Queen's presence, remember how I told you that um, Duda, Nehemiah was um cupbearer cupbearer and that was a very important job yes and like we made fun of him for like <laughs> yeah. carrying a cup around before we understood that he was like the food taster or right whatever. right which 
obviously is very important back then, I right. guess. Yeah. And well, I mean, he was his most trusted right. person, confidant. Because, this dude would die for you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, literally, it's his job to plan your meals. He's your dietitian. He um, has to taste everything before it comes out. He has to. He like he's in charge of that whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean, he's very trusted. Um, but because of that, he would have to appear in the queen's presence sometimes. Okay. Which men are not supposed to do. Oh. So it may indicate that he was a eunuch. Oh. Do you know what a eunuch is? Doesn't have a, uh, you know, a thingy down a there. Ding, ding dong. Yeah. yeah. No dick. No dick. No dick. Yeah. So he may have been a eunuch. And in the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, the Septuagint, he is actually described as such. Really? Yep. Huh. Yep. As a eunuch rather than a wine cup bearer, because the words in Greek are very, very similar. Oh. Um, eunokos versus oinoko. Oinokus. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So, so it could have been very easily eunuch. mistranslated. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So he's probably a eunuch. Got it. And there's some question as to whether or not he was the cup bearer also. But he may have been both. Sure. Why else, besides being a eunuch, would he be in the king's presence? Right. And right. hold such a high position? Yeah. So, I I suggest, I put forth that he was probably both. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, in one rabbinic text, the Agata, mm -hmm. um, it identifies Nehemiah as Zerubbabel, with the latter being considered an epithet, which is a title but and Zerubbabel wasn't that uh, the, the same guy that we Shez said Bazaar? is Shes Bazaar, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that would mean that Zerubbabel would be um, a title. Okay. And that um, he was actually born in Babylon. Got it. So I don't. I don't know the truth to that. I'm just telling you sure. what I read. Yeah. Right. It's that. not. They don't think it's the same person. Obviously. Right. No, they do. Oh, they. Zer uh, that Nehemiah and Zerubbabel and Shish, Shish, Shish Bazaar, yeah. Even though they're like a hundred years yes. plus apart or yes. whatever. Yes. Okay, I'm I'm, conf I, I'm confused. I have no idea. I'm just telling you what's happening. Like I could okay? see Ezra and Nehemiah being the same person because you know time and frames. That is also suggested. Jesus Christ, they're all fucking one person. They are. Everybody's one person. <laughs> <laughs> there was no Adam and Eve. There was Eve. <laughs> <laughs> So another oral tradition in the Mishnah records that Nehemiah was blamed for, which we've read this one before, blamed for seeming to boast and disparage his predecessors. And this tradition asserts that his book was appended to the book of Ezra as a consequence rather than being a separate book in its own right, as it is in the Christian Old Testament. Okay. So, like, we're reading it as a separate book. Remember, it used to be one book, as yeah. Nehemiah together. Right. And this tradition suggests that um, he was added as a footnote, basically, in punishment. So that you and I would read it as we did, that boastful son of a bitch. Right, yeah. Right. I mean, that's how it came across, right? Like, it's yeah. not... It was, I, I was kind of appalled by this guy. Mm -hmm. you know, as far As far as the Bible story goes thus far, you know? Yeah. Like, he's just kind of a jackass right exactly yeah so i thought that was interesting it's it's like that other story we heard where he was in trouble for talking smack but yeah. this is like and not only that but yeah he did write this but then he had to a not take credit and b write this extra little bit to make himself look like shit basically the jewish people were like get a load of this asshole right exactly <laughs> exactly 
in another Talmudic text, the Baba Bathra. The Baba ba- I love that name. Right? Baba Bathra. Yeah. You could say that all night. I know. Baba Bathra. <laughs> yeah. Records indicate that Nehemiah completed the Book of Chronicles, which was always said to have been written by Ezra. So. Okay. You know. that's, that's not confusing at all. No. In any so, way. What? <laughs> Ezra and Nehemiah may have been the same person, may have not been the same person. One or both of them may also have been the chronicler, or they may have all been separate people. And the first person stuff may have been added in later on, which it is, that is what we think today. But historians, but historians definitely think that Nehemiah existed. Yes. At the very least. At and, the very least. And Okay. Yeah. It's that's even in the clarification, that's really confusing as fuck. I know. I know. And it only gets worse. Jesus okay? Christ. I know. I know. This is where we start to rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> because, okay, so you know how Ezra and Nehemiah were considered one book at one time. Yeah. And um, before they were separated, um, you got to keep they, them. You got to keep them separated. Yeah. But at one point, they were one book. And as a matter of fact, that book used to be connected to Chronicles, which also was Good one book. God. So it was First and Second Chronicles and Ezra and Nehemiah all together as one book. Holy shit. And then it was split up. And so we had First and Second Chronicles as one book and Ezra and Nehemiah as a second book. Then, of course, the Chronicles were split up and then Ezra and Nehemiah were split up. Got it. Okay. So we're good on that. I'm good. I mean, so far. Well. There were also some other books that came after that that are not included in ours. Okay. Those are the, we've seen references to these. By the same people? Don't know. Not <laughs> there. Okay. Okay. But um, we've seen reference to these. These are the Estras. Okay. E-S-D-R-A-S. Okay. Okay. Yep. And these are in very, very, very old Bibles, like that were first translated from um, the Latin into um, Greek and Hebrew, I think, or I, I'm getting however it went. Up. They're, they're, but, but they're really fucking old. They're really fucking old. Okay. Yeah. This is where it gets really confusing, and why I had to stop because okay. this rabbit holes, and I want to have a bonus episode that's nothing but estras. Okay. okay. Yeah. But here's here's a little bit about them, just to like pique your interest. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So. The easiest way to talk about them is that Ezra is called First Ezra. Nehemiah is called Second Ezra. Okay. Because remember, that was the book yeah, of Ezra sure. split in half. Right. And then these other Estras okay. were um, Third Ezra, Fourth Ezra, Fifth Ezra, oh, and God. Sixth Ezra. Oh, but God. they're all real short. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, here's another way, though, that they were also referred to. This gets real confusing. Okay. If you weren't already confused. I'm so lost. So, okay. But I mean, I mean not really. I mean, but like, you know I first and second is, so Ezra. The Ezra's or whatever, they're a continuation of Ezra and Nehemiah, essentially. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, but you also know first and second Ezra is just another way of saying Ezra and Nehemiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah, I gotcha. So, third Ezra is where we start to get, like, we don't know what we're talking about because we don't have that in our Bible. Right, right. Okay. So third Ezra is also sometimes called just by itself the Greek Estrus. And then fourth, fifth, and sixth Ezra are one book called the Latin Estras. Okay. So we've got um first and second Ezra, 
And then we've got the Greek estrus, which is third Ezra. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the Latin estrus, which is fourth, fifth, and sixth Ezra. Holy crap. Or Ezra. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But that's not all. That's not all, folks. That's not all. So, um, there's also another book that was translated that put them in different order. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, even talking about these Estras yeah. um, and extra Ezras, <laughs> right. um, I wouldn't even know what order to put them in. My God. Right. But, um, so these are um, first Estras. Yeah. Which is... Equivalent to third Ezra. Got it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So um second Estrus be fourth would be you would think fourth Ezra. Yeah. All the rest of them are from fourth Ezra. They're just various chapters of fourth Ezra. Oh. Okay. So but why do they have separate names then? Because um because they wanted to. Th- because this Bible broke it down differently. That's okay. all. All right. That's all. Got it. So, um, in these Estras, it would be chapters 3 through 14 of 4th Ezra. Okay. And then the next one would be chapters 1 and 2 of 4th Ezra. Okay. So, now we've got 1 through 14 just out of order. Yeah, right? yeah. And then the next one, the last one, 4th Estras, chapters... 15 through 16. Got it. Okay. I guess. Right. I mean, okay. Right. So, what the fuck are those, right? And why do we care is the question. Yeah. Now that we've got it out of the way that there's so many different ways to refer to them, and it depends on which orthodoxy you're part of. Yeah. Because there's Greek orthodoxy, there's Eastern orthodoxy, there's um, Americans, which don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about and never heard of it before, right, which is right. a fucking shame because it's their book. <laughs> right. And um, there's various Jewish orthodoxies that it just depends on which one they own or deal with sure. or work with or read from, whatever. Yeah, right. Okay. So, but all of them have the same basic material in them. Okay. And... Um, whatever that material is, it talks about Ezra having several visions. Okay. And in these visions, he is talking to God and asking God all kinds of questions. Like, why um, don't we own the whole planet? And, you know, if you could make it so kind yeah, of thing. right. And the answer is, it's not yours to know. You, mankind cannot understand. Okay. That kind of thing. Yeah. Why is someone so sick? Why can't you just heal them? Is one of the questions. And the answer is you can't understand. Is that the, the answer all the way fucking through? Um, from what I could tell, like I only read a couple of them before I was like, this needs to be an episode. Right. So um, he has all these different visions. It gets kind of um, into like the apocalypse kind of thing. Like oh. from um, what you might read in... Um, what's the final Revelation. one? Revelation. Yeah. Because um, there's like a six-headed something or other with swords I've and wings I've heard about this in something I was reading, actually. there somebody I, I heard somebody talking about these books, I think. And I, I think it was uh, Bart Ehrman, the one I was reading, The Misquoting Jesus. Mm-hmm. He was talking about other books in the Old Testament that had Revelation-ish, or Revelation-isk, um, you know, yeah. things that basically were... 
a precursor to Revelation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that so, would have been your Estras. Interesting, for sure. Interesting. So yeah. that that's 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 interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a neat tie mm-hmm. into what you were reading. Yeah. No. So, so I'm I'm intrigued now. The last thing I'm going to say about it, and I hope that you agree that this needs its own episode. Yep. Okay. I, I'm already on board. I think. Okay. The last thing I'm going to say about it is that some of the Estras are considered by most scholars to be Christian in origin, not Jewish, meaning they were added later. They assert God's rejection of the Jews and describe a vision of the Son of God. And these are generally considered to be late additions, possibly third century. I was going to say, like, there's no way that this is written by Nehemiah slash Ezra or whatever. Exactly. Because if it is Christian editions, then, yeah, it would have to be second to third century at the earliest. Yes, exactly. So... It's still interesting, and I'm not sure if I want to, like, do the episode on it, like, now while we're in the middle of Nehemiah Ezra, and this is where it would go. Yeah. Or if we're like, wait, but this is outside of the scope of the Bible, and so we should wait till the end. Like, I don't know how you want to do it. I think we could do a synopsis of it, and then Mm -hmm. we could cover it again more in depth, maybe later after we're done with the Bible, right? I think that's how we would play it. Um, but I like I think how we're just figuring this out yeah, like, on the as fly we're on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I find it interesting because you said that these books are in like the Jewish Bibles, essentially, right? Some of them. Some of them. Okay, but if they were written early Jewish Bibles, right, 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 right. But if they were written in Chris, like as a Christian edition, not all of them were. Oh, okay. Some of the Estras. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Not all enough. the Estras, some of the Estras. Got it, got it. So somebody, there was Estras, and then somebody that was Christian added to the Estras. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, it makes a little bit more sense, I guess, because I was like, how does this stuff end up in the Jewish Bible? Because they were different denominations at that point, like hardcore. Hardcore, yeah. So, all right. No, that's that's fun. Yeah, but you see how, like, A, I couldn't help but rabbit hole on that. But B, it's not within the scope of Nehemiah. Right, right. It's um, just like it's the next chapter, basically. So, I do think that we maybe can find this to a Patreon episode, though. I agree. Because we're going to cover it again after we're done with the Bible. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I say we, you know, our, totally our patrons agree. should get special access to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, and you could do it. You know what? I, I should say this. If you guys really are interested in this episode, I should mention that we do have a free two-week trial that you can do at the $5 level. So if you don't like it after two weeks or you just want to listen to one episode that you're really interested in, there is a free two-week trial that you can do on the $5 level um, that would allow you to listen to at least one episode that we would put out. So um, that's always available if you guys are really, really interested and pissed off that we're like, well, we're going to make this just for the patrons. Well, you can still listen just to that one, you know. (laughs) The thing is, is our patrons are supporting us and they are basically our sponsors. They are. So... We owe it to them to give them a little bit of yeah, extra and stuff. considering we are going to cover this again after we're done with the Bible, mm-hmm. I think that's only fair. No, so. totally, I agree. All right, well, that was the uh, Nehemiah wrap up, huh? Nehemiah wrap up plus plus, yeah. <laughs> and uh, tomorrow, uh, well, actually, we're kind of putting this out really late on the day that we're supposed to do it. So, in just a few minutes, we're going to be doing the contradictions or you're always wrong. Right. That will, you are. that will hit tomorrow um, from our time frame right now at 6 a.m. Yeah. And then uh, we'll be back after that on Wednesday with 
first Esther unless we push that back in order to do our or are we waiting to do our Patreon? Oh yeah, no. Okay, yeah. we'll do it on a regular Patreon. Yeah, day. yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. Like I said, we're still figuring this out on the air, so you're looking at me like I'm nuts, but no, I you're fine. Didn't you're have fine. it figured out. No, we we just did a Patreon. We talked about our trip to hell. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. So sorry. No, you're good. Nope. So then on Wednesday we'll be first or uh, Esther chapter one. Yeah. All right. Sounds great. We'll see you guys then. Yep. Bye. 
There was one question about a baguette. Oh, God. Who so, begat so-and-so. So we're down to two? Mm-hmm. Oh, my we God. Two. Two yes. fucking contradictions. I, I drew it out because I wanted to make sure that, yeah. you know, you were excited about it these was two. probably because Nehemiah was so full of his fucking self that he didn't have time for contradictions. Probably. I'm just saying. You actually know both of these. Do But I'm, I'm still wrong. Well, you have to pick one of the answers, so oh, okay. yeah. Of course. <laughs> so, here's one of the two questions. Okay, all right. Did any Moabite enter the congregation of the Lord? Yes. Yes? Who? Well, um, there, there was, I mean, there was the Moabite that was married to Moses. Mm-hmm. And also, um, before they came back, they were commingling. So the, some of those Moabites were probably in the in there when before was it Nehemiah came yeah, back and, some, and was like, like stop commingling. Some like um, converted. Right, right. So those are two yeses. Now the one that was pointed out was per Ruth because oh, yeah. remember Ruth was a Moabite woman. And David is the great-grandson of Ruth. Right. Yet he was the king of Israel, which is the highest-ranking member of the, quote, congregation of the Lord. That's why this whole fucking commingling thing, I'm like, you guys don't even know your own fucking history. Yeah, exactly. In your own goddamn book. It's so important to you to know who descended from whom and yet. Right. You missed the whole point of (laughs) your fucking saying all those names. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... But, unfortunately, even though those are true, you're always wrong. Oh, fuck. Because per Deuteronomy and Nehemiah, no, you're, no oh. Moabites allowed. Okay. No. All right. Stop. Yeah. There will be no Moabites None, in, up huh? in here. Okay. None. Okay. Got it. So, just depends on... So, I was, on, I was fucking wrong. You were wrong. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Here's the other one. And, again, you know this one. Yeah. Did Balaam curse the Israelites? I'm <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Okay, so no, according to the book of Numbers, Balaam refused to curse the um, Israelites, right, yeah. which you pointed out. Yeah. Okay? However, I'm you're... still pissed. Hold on, I'm still pissed off. They, those fuckers <laughs> killed him. You remember? Yeah. Remember how they killed him? Yeah. I was like, "What the fuck? He didn't he didn't he didn't curse you." Right. And then you go and kill his ass. That was according to the book of Numbers. Yeah, I know. Okay? Yeah. But you're always wrong. That was I like that. That was a good sound there. Mm-hmm, you like mm-hmm. pulled that one out a little I bit. I did. You know? I did. I was trying to get a little yeah, vibrato yeah, going. Right. Yeah. So incorrect. Okay. Um, the answer is yes. Because according to Deuteronomy, Balaam was hired to curse the Israelites. And then in the book I don't of deny Nehemiah, that. Balaam cursed the Israelites, but God turned his curse into a blessing. I just, I don't recall that ever actually happening. Like he got sent to these other mountains to try it but it was never said that he actually cursed them well according to nehemiah he he did okay so whatever fuck off. whatever so you're always wrong i'm always wrong because you can cherry pick anything it's in the true bible. you know that's that's what really pisses me off about the bible is that there is so much that you could just uh, you you can take anything and be like no it was this way and I'm like yeah but that's you're kind of missing the point guys because yeah because it can be this way and that way mm-hmm you're always wrong. And that's the, <laughs> that's what the point of this series is. Right, yeah. And and that's with me disregarding the stupid ones. Right. Because I'm sorry, 
But who was so and so's parents? Like, who cares? Who yeah, begat so and so? But just know that anytime there's begatting or counting or anything, there's always fucking errors. There are always always fucking errors. Yeah, and a lot which, of them. Which makes sense because these were times before computers and sure. before calculators and people that couldn't read were copying this over. So okay, I, I get I that. Give those. I don't even care. But if you can't get it right, just leave that shit out. It's not important now anyway. <laughs> You know, like, who gives a fuck? Especially, like, why haven't we just edited that crap out? Like, in the modern Bible, why haven't we edited those things out? Because they're not important to the story. And they're so wrong. They put so much wrong in the Bible that it's kind of counterproductive, in my opinion, for a Christian to leave that shit in there. I totally agree. But but it's in there. Right. I'm just a... We're we're no Nehemiah or, you know, Ezra or David. I'm just a heathen in my pajamas in my living room. Or Witch of Endor. I'm no Witch of Endor. No Witch of Endor? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, I guess... I recently said I'm no Jane Austen. Why, why did you I say that? I was writing something um, for this thing I'm writing. Yeah. And uh, um, I was talking about her writing and how she has a particular habit that I'm not going to mention that in her writing... That I also ascribe to, and so I said, I'm no Jane Austen, but I too do this thing. Got it, got it. So, yeah, yeah. All right. So well, that I'm no was... Witch of Endor, and I'm no Jane Austen. That's fair. Point. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, or am I ready to? Wrap yeah. Up? You're All right. Sorry, I just I did try to do it. This is the third sorry. time now. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. 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 We didn't. We didn't. We didn't hit the mark there very well. We, we did it yeah. wrong. So Try that, it again. That was the end of the Contradictions episode for Nehemiah. Sure as fuck was. And that is it for Nehemiah. Well, yes well, and no. Yes and no. But for now. Because we're going to do a, our next Patreon episode, which will be a week from this um, Sunday. Yeah. Um, so not today. Two weeks from when we're recording. But a week from... We're recording... Today's not Sunday. Oh, you're right. It's Monday. Yeah. Okay, just don't listen to me. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, in about two weeks, we'll be yeah. we'll be covering the Estras. Right, yeah. Which yeah. is sort of um it's, you know, Nehemiah adjacent. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's it's Ezra Nehemiah adjacent. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for getting through this book with us, and uh we'll see you tomorrow mm-hmm. starting a new book, which will be Esther chapter one. All right, we'll see you then. Bye. Wife. Do you know what we're doing today? We're doing a new fucking book. We sure as fuck are. Which book was it again? Esther. 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 Got it. Okay. Yeah. We're going to start Esther chapter one. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and do that. I'm very excited. Me too. Okay. Okay. Esther chapter one. Okay. I think this is going to be good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to have some story. All right. Because look at, this is the first sentence. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. This is what happened during the time of Xerxes. The Xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. Ah, cool. Right? That's yeah. a great start. Yeah. Like, that. that is a good the story. story. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm in. Right, so far. Yeah. At that time, King Xerxes reigned from his royal throne in the citadel of Susa. And in the third year of his reign, 
he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials. Okay. As you do. You right. Banquets. Yeah, banquets. Right. The military leaders of Persia and Medea, the princes and the nobles of the provinces were present, but okay. not the princesses. Right. And not the noblesses. <laughs> Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I've never I maybe I've never never heard it said. Maybe Duchess and Duke? Who knows? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. For a full 180 days he displayed the vast wealth of his kingdom again as you do. Right. And the splendor and glory of his majesty. The splendor and glory. Both. Yes. You could do one or the other. This guy chose to do both. Both of them. He was yeah. going all out. Right. For 180 yeah. days. For a hundred, damn. Yeah, that's what I said. One hundred and eighty days like he displayed half a year. this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. When these days were over, the king gave a banquet lasting seven days. Another banquet. So that banquet ended, and then he was like, "Not nah, just kidding." There, here's another one. Yeah. He gave another one lasting seven days in the enclosed garden of the king's palace for all the people. From the least to the greatest who were in the citadel of Susa. Well, that was nice. How do they all fit in his garden? I have no clue. Like, I'm picturing, like, this little quad. Maybe it was, like, a buffet. They they hosted them there, but then they had to go back out and eat somewhere else. Okay, well, you are clearly picturing a bigger park than I am. <laughs> so, whatever. The garden had hangings of white and blue linen, fastened with cords of white linen and purple material. Oh, to silver rings on marble pillars. The one was linen, but the other one was just material. Yes. Okay. But listen, this is so descriptive. Like, yeah, it is. It's kind of nice. I right. hope that we don't get into measurements. I'm enjoying <laughs> this. Like, That's what I was this is about really... to say myself. I'm like, God, please don't start telling us exactly how this right? was made. Because so far it's like, okay, we've got a story. We, we've got some banquets happening. Yeah. He's describing the setting. So That's, we know. Good. Yeah. It's okay. Good stuff. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm just like, it's been so long, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. I have to enjoy this moment. Right. Be, be present. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There were couches of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of porphyry. Man, this is like, like word gold. You I know? don't like, know this what is like porphyry poetic. is. I know. I'm going to look up porphyry. Right, yeah. But yes, this is very poetic. I'm enjoying this. Right. Okay. Um, On a mosaic pavement of porphyry, marble, Mother of Pearl, and other costly stones. Costly. Costly. That's important. Yeah. You got to have the costly nice shit. Nice shit. Right. Yeah. Wine was served in goblets of gold. Goblets. of Man. Right? Golden goblets? Right? Damn. Each one different from the other. You know why? Because he went to, like, I don't know, like Burger King when they given out glasses, and you can't ever get the full set. Right, Remember yeah. when they used to give out yeah, glasses? Yeah, you only get the mix mash of whatever. Yeah. You're like, Damn it. I didn't get the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Like, did you ever get those when you were a I kid? I mean, I think it was McDonald's shit. Was like, it McDonald's? I'm, I don't know. Well, I, I do remember, like, we had, like, Garfield glasses and stuff. Yes, I uh, had the Garfield ones. Right? They were nice glasses, like, not plastic. Right. They were glasses. I don't know if you know this, but those were supposed to get returned because there was a recall on them. Are you serious? Yeah, for lead. <gasps> oh my god okay well you heard it here folks <laughs> we kept ours we thought maybe it would have some value later right i mean but, i know. bet they, there were peanuts ones yeah one point right there were i wonder if those had a recall on I, them. i don't know mm, interesting stuff okay sorry goblets of gold each one different from the other and the royal wine was abundant abundant in keeping with the king's liberality 
Wow. Okay. What the fuck? This is, this is an interesting. This is Esther. This is a new writer. This has got to be. A, this is a got to be a new writer. This is different. Right. Esther wrote this shit. Right. Yeah. Esther was a poet. <laughs> By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink with no restrictions. Mm, well, that's nice. For free, king, free refills, huh? Mm-hmm, yeah. Open bar. Right. For the king instructed all the wine stewards to serve each man what he wished. King, Queen Vashti. Vashti, huh? Queen Vashti. Queen Vashti. I like that. Also gave a banquet for the women in the royal palace well, of nice. King Xerxes. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm loving this. This is <laughs> awesome. Okay, so Queen, what's her name? Vashti. 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 Queen Vashti. Yeah. Okay. On the seventh day, when King Xerxes was in high spirits from wine. I bet he was. (laughs) (laughs) He commanded the seven eunuchs who served him, Mehuman, Biztha, Harbana, Bigtha, Abagtha, Zether, and Carcass. Okay. To bring Uh, him. Real quick. Mm -hmm. Somebody pointed out on our Patreon that they Mm -hmm. think that eunuchs actually... So we said cut their thing off or whatever. But mm. no, it's just like they, they don't have their nuts. Oh, they cut their nuts off. Right. They cut their nuts off. So they still got their dicks. Right. Yeah. Just not their balls. No, no balls. So they don't have dick and balls. Right. Okay. Apologies yeah. Yeah. to the eunuchs. So whatever. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't mean to I didn't offend. know. I'm not a big. I didn't, I didn't study up on eunuchs. So no, I apologize. No, nor I. Nor right. I. So apologies. Okay. Okay. So anyway, um, he had those seven eunuchs. That I just named to bring before him Queen Vashti wearing her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles, for she was lovely to look at. <laughs> she was lovely. I mean, if the king's gonna have all this other great stuff, he's gotta have a lovely queen, right? Of course. Yeah. What's a that trophy only, that, wife? That tracks. What's a trophy wife if you ain't gonna show that bitch off? Right, yeah. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, <gasps> Queen Vashti refused to come. Oh. Damn. Man. Then the king became furious and burned with anger. Probably because he was drunk. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Since it was customary for the king to consult experts in matters of law and justice, he spoke with the wise men who understood the times and were closest to the king. Okay. Karshina, Shether, Edmatha, Tarshish, Miris, Mersena, and Memukin, the seven nobles of Persia and Medea, who had special access to the king and were highest in the kingdom. Okay. He's okay. talking to them about his wife, He's like, his queen not coming, my, right? My bitch didn't come. Right. What the fuck? I said, bitch, make me sandwich. And she was like, <laughs> nah, nah. What, what should I do? Should I smack her? Should I throw her off the bridge? What do I do with this bitch right, over here? Right. Instead of just asking her, you know, clearly this yeah, happened a few days what, later. What's going on? Hey, honey, are you mad? Right. Like, why didn't you come into the Can park? We talked about this, you yeah. know, like, what's going on? And then, and then, so, okay, you be the king and be like, Ugh. Oh, you want me to be a be blustery the, king? Yeah, be the king and asking, babe, what's wrong? What What's going on, babe? Oh, well, 
Um, I don't like being a trophy, and I didn't appreciate that you sent your eunuch. But I'm me. I'm the king. I know, but it's just I'm the queen. I said come here. I just didn't want to, though. But you're supposed to come here. But I was in the middle of a sentence, and... And I don't care. You're supposed to... I'm, I'm drunk, and then, you gotta come here. But I don't want to come here. But you're coming... You got. I'm done talking. I didn't, I, did I? I talk to my guys. You go talk to your guys, then, because... I'm, I'm going to talk to my guys. Just because you call doesn't mean I come. That's the way that goes. Psst, whatever. Okay, I love you. Do you want a beer? I'll bring you a beer. Yeah. Did you need a sandwich? Yeah. I'll make you a fucking sandwich. All right. But listen, when I'm with my girls. I'm still talking to my guys. Okay, you talk to your guys. Whatever. But when I'm with my girls, mm -hmm. leave me alone. Okay? I'm glad we had this little chat. <laughs> That's all they had to do is communicate. Yeah, communication. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. According to law, he blustered. I added the he blustered yeah. part. According to law, what must be done to Queen Vashti? Yeah, what, what must, must be done? Be done to her. Right. Not about her. Not how do I handle the situation? What must be done to her? So what when I, I say said, to her? when I said, do I smack her? Do I throw her off a bridge? That was exactly the right question. Right. Right. She has not obeyed the command of King Xerxes that the eunuchs have taken to her. Mm. God damn it! Right. <laughs> Then Memukin replied in the presence of the king and the nobles, um, Queen Vashti has done wrong, not only against the king, but also against all the nobles and the peoples of all the provinces of, queen Xerxes, of King Xerxes. That's a rough... What? That's, yeah. That's Damn. like That's like um, when I was a kid and I would go into the kitchen at home and I would eat some chips, but I didn't ask first, so I was a disrespectful thief. Right. Like, whoa, that escalated quickly. I just wanted some fucking chips. Like, I fear where this is heading. Yeah. And but yeah. but you would think that if the punishment was so great, which it sounds like it might be, right, that the queen would have like she must really either be really angry or doesn't know the law. One of the two. This can't be the first time, like, just all of a sudden out of the blue, she's like, you know what? Right? No, fuck this guy. Right. Yeah. I'm not showing up. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that this is the first time this has happened, and he's just like, right. what do I do? Maybe, maybe... Um, maybe this was, like, the hundredth time this happened, and he's like, I'm over this bitch. Maybe he slept with a porn star, and she went on TV mm. talking about the incident. Like Stormy Daniels? Out, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. Similarly? Right, yeah. Okay. And so she was just pissed off, you know? Okay, I'm just okay. Saying. That could be. Right. She could be pulling a Melania, like, where she would pull her hand away right? from him. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hold your hand. Yeah. That was always funny. <laughs> I loved those pictures. I right? love those little yeah. films. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. For the queen's conduct will become known to all the women. And so they will despise their husbands and say, <laughs> King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. Oh, so this has to do with the, those women. They, they ain't going to. They're going to get uppity. They don't have no rights. They're, yeah. No, they can't. She's going to make them be uppity. You control your women. Yeah. You know? if, if even one. Guess the idea that she's an equal. It, the whole society falls apart. Right, yeah. We've got a good How thing good going here. That? They make us sandwiches. Right. This very day, the Persian and Median women of the nobility who have heard about the queen's conduct will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. Because that's the way women work. I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's how that works either. Right? And, mm -mm. and maybe, like... Was this done with malice or just like, hey, I'm busy. Like, like, I'm not coming, you know? You know what? I like this story less because I need to know context. Right, yeah. I need to, like, was she a bitch or did she have reason? Right. Was he, like, an asshole and always, like, get over here? 
Or like, you know. I mean, she had her own banquet she was running, you know? So like maybe she was busy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She was like, I'm with my girls. Right. Stop. There will be no end of disrespect and discord. No end. Therefore, if it pleases the king, let him issue a royal decree and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Medea, which cannot be repealed, that Vashti is never again to enter the presence of King Xerxes. Oh, damn. Well, I mean, is that a bad thing? Well, yeah. Is Come it? on. Well, yeah. You're you're being she's still banished the queen. essentially. She's still the queen. She just got to stay she? over there. Oh, oh, okay. Well, she's still the queen. I guess. Oh that's not shit! That. Nope, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. I was gonna say. He continues. Also, let the king give her royal position to someone else who is better than she. Give her position. That sounds like a real polite way of saying murder her, marry another woman. I mean. Push her off the bridge, get a new queen wife. All right, all right. I know that queens and kings were, like, oftentimes, like, arranged marriages and stuff like that. Uh Uh-huh. But don't you just at least try to have some sort of a cordial relationship with that person? That's what I would think, but I have a brain. There's that. And these people back then... They didn't have those? They didn't have brains. Oh, See, evolution is a thing. It is a thing, yeah. (laughs) Then, he continued, when the king's edict is proclaimed throughout all his vast realm, all the women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. Because, again, that's how that works. Because they're scared. (laughs) Not because they actually respect them. This book is dumb. Jesus Christ. What a bunch oh, of shit. The king and his nobles were pleased with this advice. So the king did as Mamukin proposed. Okay. He sent dispatches to all parts of the kingdom, to each province in its own script, and to each people in their own language, proclaiming that every man should be ruler over his own household using his native tongue. The end. Got it. Okay. Is this it, where the mans get the whole we rule the household stuff? And I don't women? think so because this isn't even biblically related, really. This is Xerxes right. from Persia. Mm-hmm. This isn't even the Israelites. Right. So right. what the fuck is, is this even? I don't know. Why does it matter? That's a good question. I mean, I, I don't understand... Why we care about Xerxes and his fucking queen? Here's it was a good it was a good ish story as far right. as like stories go. Right. Like you know there is substance to it, right? And we're not just counting fucking people the whole time. Okay, here's my question. So those estras that I was talking about, yeah. last time, right? We don't get to read all of those, even though they star Ezra and Israelite. Okay, right. we don't get to read those because they're not in our fucking Bible. But we get Bible. to hear about a Persian. But we get to hear about this Persian king and how he didn't like his wife. Right? What the fuck? Yeah, that's really weird. Like, the things that they chose to keep in versus toss. Maybe this will make more sense in the next chapter. Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe this is like a contrast and compare type scenario. Okay. Where, okay. like, maybe the Israelites are going to handle this better. Maybe they're or... going to be like, whoa, we are so cool because we don't have, like, the whole men rule their household. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh my kidding. They're going to be so excited about this. Right, yeah. Goddamn men do rule this household. <laughs> <laughs> Made me a sandwich. Yeah, so maybe it wasn't oh. Christianity that started the whole, you know, thing. It was, it was a Persian. It was a Persian. Nice. Mm. Okay. Fuck you, Persia. Oh, Persia. God damn it. Oh, Persia. 
All right. Well, that was uh, what's this? These chapters called Esther. <laughs> Esther. Es- Esther. That was Esther chapter one. Do you think by the time we're done with Esther, you'll have her name right? I hope so. Okay. Is it her? It, Esther is a woman. Yes. I I didn't know. You've so never just... heard the name Esther. I didn't know. But Look, there are there's... actually people alive today named Esther. Right, but that doesn't mean that the connotation back then was a woman's name. It could have changed. Their... David is still David. Michael is yeah, still... Yeah, but not Whoa. all... No, Michael's not always Michael. Not You're right. all names right. have kept the same You're right. gender. You're right. My bad. So, just you, saying. You are absolutely 100% right. I should not have assumed gender. Okay. I apologize. We'll have to look that up, I guess. I imagine that when we meet Esther, we'll figure it out. If we meet Esther, this might just be... I mean, I'm sure we'll meet Esther. It's the Book of Esther. Right, right, right. Surely Esther's in the Book of Esther. You would think. You would think. Now I'm, like, full of doubt. (laughs) Only one way to find out, and that's to go through, right? Yep, yep, So this was Esther Chapter 1. It sure as fuck was. And tomorrow we'll be back with... Esther Chapter 2. All right, guys. We'll see you then. Yep, bye. Husband! Wife! Do you remember what happened yesterday? Uh, yeah. King Xerxes of Persia was pissed off at uh, his wife, Queen Vashti, because she was like, uh, no, I'm not going to get my ass over there. You just shut the fuck up, and I'm going to do my own thing, because I got my girls over here, and I'm having my party, and you can fuck right the fuck off. And he was like, get over here. Right. And then he had to consult with his bros, be like, uh, how do I punish this bitch? What should I do? Like, what's what do I what do I gotta do, man? Like, what's what's going on? And they were like, kill her. And they didn't specifically say kill her. They alluded to getting rid of her. Yeah. But they didn't specifically say kill her. But they did say. But it was replace harsh. Her. Regardless. They were like, fire her. She's not the queen anymore. Right. Right. Which basically means kill her. I mean, one would think that in this time and you know in. Yeah. Human history. Yeah. For sure. But there's only one way to find out for sure, and that's to just keep reading ahead, mm-hmm. which we're going to go do now. We are. And that was, well, I'm sorry. I, I, I missed the whole, I, I, I got to go back here. Mm-hmm. That was Esther chapter one. Sure as fuck was. <laughs> Jeez. And today we're going to be reading. Esther chapter two. All right. Let's go do this. Okie dokie. <laughs> Okay, Esther chapter two. Okay. But let's not forget that at the end of chapter one, yeah. um, the king sent out a decree that said every man is king of his castle. Okay. All the bitches got to make sandwiches. Okay. All right. Okay? Yep. That's very important, I think. Right. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Ready? I'm ready. Later. Later. After. After he was an asshole to his wife. Mm-hmm. When queen. King Xerxes' fury had subsided. Yeah. He remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed about her. Okay. That's why I was like, wait, what did he decree So about this her? wasn't just a drunken rage. He's now calmed down. Right. Apparently. But he's still like. He's still going to be an asshole though? Yeah. Okay. Then the king's personal attendants proposed, let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to get those beautiful young virgins. Not any ugly virgins and not any beautiful women who have ever had sex before. And and it's not about love. It's not about no. anything but, you know, just beautiful virgin. virgin. Young. Young virgin. Young, yes. You wouldn't want those old virgins either. God, I hate this book so much, just so that <laughs> we're clear. 
Okay, so anyway, they continued, let the king appoint commissioners in every province Mm. of his realm to bring all these beautiful young women into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Wait, wait, he has a fucking harem? Apparently he does. And what? Well, it doesn't say his harem, it says the harem. Okay, but I would wager that he's got some, you know... Side bitches? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what, he just... Does he try him out first? Probably. God, that's I would fucking imagine. awful. Like you, you can't not come to the king, but he gets to try you out before yeah. he even makes you a queen. Yeah, that's fucked up. And then you're ruined for life, right? Because you're not a virgin well, anymore. We're we're going off of the Israelite um, take on what it means to be pure for marriage, and yeah. this is a Persian king, so we don't exactly know what their take is based on what we've gone over. We could. You know, guess, surmise based but, on the fact that men suck, but we don't actually know, right? So. Okay. So anyway, they continued. Let them, you know, the beautiful young virgins, yeah, be placed under the care of Hegai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, mm, okay. and let beauty treatments be given to them. Beauty treatments. I wonder what beauty treatments. Salon were. day. Okay. You know, make mud sure, baths. Like. Picture when um, Katniss Everdeen first came to the Capitol, yeah. remember? And right before she met, um, uh, what's his name, the the Cinna? Yeah, that right. When they were, like, grinding off her toes and shit. And... Grinding off her toenails, you yeah. mean? No, and, like, waxing her hair and, right. you know, plucking her eyebrows and coloring her. Imagine that. That's right. what they're doing. Yeah. Okay? So they were pretty, but they had, you know, maybe... Too much hair on their legs or their bush was too big or something. Yeah, you You got to make them, you know, perfect. Yeah. So give them the spa day. Then let the young women who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. The young woman, not women. Okay, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, sorry. The young woman. So he gets to fuck them till he finds one that he likes the fuck of. Got it. Okay. Got it, yeah. This advice, of course, appealed to the king because, you know, men and men are gross. And, of course, probably if you made it that far, if you're good enough, you probably just get left in the harem. Mm -hmm. I mean, would be my guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, they have nowhere else to go. They've just been deflowered, defiled. Well, I mean, they didn't specifically say that. We're just, we're we're guessing Again, I'm assuming, but, yeah. So, anyway, that appealed to the king, and he followed it, okay? Okay. So, he did it. Okay. Now, there was in the citadel of Susa a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin mm-hmm. named Mordecai, son of Jer, the son of Shammai, the son of Kish, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, among who those among those taken captive with Joaquin, king of Judah. Wait, so... This is, we're going backward in time, sort of? Yeah, I told you. Oh, okay, okay. Remember, I told you all of the rest of these stories are probably going to take place during that whole three-wave exile and return. All right. It was just, it was, caught me off guard just a little bit because I was like, wait. We're we're back in Xerxes. Yeah, right. So, yeah, he was the first wave. Okay. Or One of those first waves, Whatever. right. Anyway, so Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah. Whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman, who was also known as Esther. Ah, there's Esther. There's Esther. Yeah. 
had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mm. I bet she was a virgin too. Yeah. Beautiful young virgin. Had to be. And this is the book of Esther. Right. Who do you think the king picks? Esther, of course. Of course. Yeah. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother died. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had charge of the harem for the fifth time. Okay. I don't know if you know, but there's the eunuch named Haggai, and, and he was he's in charge, in charge of, the of the harem. Yeah. yeah. She pleased him and won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with beauty treatments and special food. He assigned her to seven female attendants selected from the king's palace and moved her and her attendants into the best place in the harem. Oh, so she's being groomed right off the bat before the king even sees her. So to speak. Right, yeah. (laughs) In more ways than one, she's being groomed, yeah. (laughs) Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background. Oh, man, right, she's Jewish. Because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so, which makes sense. This is for her own protection. Right, right. Yeah. Every day he walked back and forth near the courtyard of the harem to find out how Esther was and what was happening to her. Oh, that's a good adoptive father. Good for him. I guess. But was he the one that sent her to the harem in the first place? She was taken. There was the king's orders were, give me, give me you, you, and you. Like, there's guards in the town that are like, there go a pretty girl, give me her. Right. You know? So he wants to make sure she's taken care of. Yeah. Even though he had to send her there. Okay. Before a young woman's turn came to go into King Xerxes, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatment Jesus prescribed Christ. for the women. 12 months? Six months with oil of myrrh and six with perfumes and cosmetics. Holy fuck. That's a lot of fucking... I want that what? spa day. I want a, a year of spa right? day. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best spa day ever. I mean, like, if... If we can just assume, like, let's hope that they're not being raped constantly during this time. Well, no, because they got to be well, yeah, virgins be for, for the, the king. king. Right. Yeah. So they're just literally getting like a year worth of spa days, probably. Yeah. That's wow. literally what's happening. That's yeah. crazy. Right? Yeah. And this is how she would go to the king. Anything she wanted was given her to take with her from the harem to the king's palace. In the evening, she would go there and in the morning return to another part of the harem to the care of Sheshgaz the king's eunuch who was in charge of the concubines. Oh, okay. She would not return to the king unless he was pleased with her and summoned her by name. When the turn came for Esther, the young woman Mordecai had adopted, the doctor of his uncle, Abihail, to go to the king, she asked for nothing other than what Hegai, the king's eunuch who was in charge of the harem, suggested. And Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. Okay. She was taken to King Xerxes in the royal residence in the 10th month, the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. Seventh year. Seventh right. year. Yeah. Yeah. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than to any of the other women. Oh. And she won his favor. She sucked that dick so good. <laughs> she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. Mm, she had okay. a nice tight pussy. Yeah. It was right. good. Yep. So he set a royal crown on her head oh. and made her queen instead of Vashti. Damn, that was quick. Fuck, what, it was a year well, later. Did she Was Vashti already gone, though, or did she hang tight until, you know, they got the new oh, queen? I have no idea. Uh, yeah. I, I have, okay. Whatever happened to Vashti, I don't but know. But she's gone now. She's gone. She's definitely gone. 
and the king gave a great banquet. Another banquet. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Esther's banquet for all his nobles and officials. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the provinces and distributed gifts with royal liberality. Well, that's nice of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When the virgins were assembled a second time, Mordecai was sitting at the guards at the king's gate. Okay. He's her adopted father. Yeah, He's like, yeah. where is my adopted daughter? Right. But Esther had kept secret her family background and nationality, just as Mordecai had told her to do, for she continued to follow Mordecai's instructions as she had done when he was bringing her up. During the time Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Big Thana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, became angry and conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. Oh, what? Whoa, that escalated quickly out of the blue. Yeah, right? But Mordecai, the adopted father guy who's been hanging around outside every day for a year, he found out about the plot and told Queen Esther, his adopted daughter, who in turn reported it to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. Wow. Nice right. turn of way events. Your, way to get your in, you know? Right? Like, and when the report was investigated and found to be true, the two officials were impaled on poles. Oh, damn. Damn. Don't raise... Don't um, try to kill a king. Yeah, don't. I mean, unless you can. Or be secretive or about whatever, it. For fuck's know. sake, don't talk about and it in really, front of random you people. You shouldn't kill anybody. Right, but, but, you know. but if you're going to do it... Don't be talking to your co-conspirator in front of some random motherfucker who's just standing right? around at the gate every day. But, you know, people are kind of dumb. They're so dumb. So, like, that, I mean, like, I want to say that the shit that you see on TV isn't real, but then sometimes I see people doing things that are more dumb. Right? Than what I see. And, and I'm, I'm like, like what, what? what? Why? Why? What is wrong with people? Right? All of this was recorded in the book of the annals in the presence of the king. The end. Okay. Okay. So, I'm so sorry, but this book is so cool so far because it is story up the wazoo. We have court intrigue. We have drama. We have drama. We have gossip and drama. I mean, yeah. this This guy's is a much better good. writer. He's than, a much you know, better writer. Right? So. Yeah. I'm enjoying the book of Esther. I mean, it's better. Yeah. It's better. Stuff is happening. Right, right. And now we know why it's called the Book of Esther. Right, because Esther. Because Esther. I mean, Esther's you know, in it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's she's hot, apparently. Apparently she's gorgeous. <laughs> Everybody wants to fuck Esther. <laughs> she got a whack. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that was uh, Esther chapter two. Sure as fuck was. And tomorrow, well, technically, we were putting this out pretty fucking late. So yeah. sorry about that, first off. And then secondly, in just a few minutes, we're going to be recording Esther. Chapter oh, three. Yeah. And that'll be out tomorrow morning. Yeah. So. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Husband. Wife. Um, do you know what happened in the last chapter? Uh, I'm not going to say yesterday because we literally just recorded. We did. We did. Yesterday's episode five um, seconds yeah, ago. Exactly. Exactly. So, last chapter, what happened? Uh, well, um, Esther. We met Esther. We met Esther! And Esther's um, Jewish. She is. And apparently she's, you know, really good looking. And then, then she got, like, uh, spa treatments for, like, a year. Right? And then she, like, hooked up with the king. Well, the king hooked up with her. Whatever, yeah, that happened. But then, but then 
um, her and her dad-like figure saved the king from Mordecai. an assassination attempt. Assassination. 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 Sheshawan chicken. Yeah, yes. that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, they saved him from an assassination. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> assassination <laughs> attempt. And it was the best day ever. Best day yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that was Esther chapter 2. It sure struck was. <laughs> And today, we are going to be reading Esther chapter 3. <laughs> okay, Esther chapter 3. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. After these events. These events. Afterwards. Well, I mean, they had the banquet. So they're, yeah, yeah. the banquet, right? After, yeah. after they, all these. of that plot assassination and those guys right. got impaled. Yes. After all of that. After those. Okay. King Xerxes honored Heyman. Heyman. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think it's oh. over. Heyman. man. <laughs> How does that song go? I don't know what the fuck you're trying <laughs> to do. Okay, his name was Haman, okay. son of Hamadatha. And the. Okay, hold on. After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agagite. Agagite? 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 <laughs> elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. Awesome. I love it when Haman gets treated well. Why does Haman get. Like, who's Haman? He's the That's son not... of Hamadatha, the Agagite. But why is he? But there wasn't Mordecai know. the one that you know Let's saved him. Let's find out what he did. Okay. I don't fucking know All what right. Haman. Haman's getting a prize. All right. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this um, concerning him. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. But Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. Oh. He was not having it. No, Mordecai would not. Okay. I don't know why. Let's find yeah, out. Yeah, right? Then the royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why the fuck do you disobey the king's command? Right. Whomst the fuck do you think I you are? his wife told him that he was... Okay, anyway. Yeah, okay. All right. Day after day, they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. He was like, you don't need to know. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious where this is going. Me too. Therefore, they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated. For he had told them he was a Jew. Right. And you know how everybody hates Jews. Mm-hmm. You don't be a Jew. They hate them. Yeah. But okay. did, I, I still, I'm trying to, but it, didn't <laughs> Esther tell Xerxes that yeah. Mordecai, yeah. you, you know, saved him? Yes. Okay. But it, the message didn't I'm travel just, down to the guards to just leave that guy alone. He's okay. good. He's All right. good. All right. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not deal, kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. Mm. Yet, having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Oh. oh. What? That sounds like... Um, He's going to kill all the Extermination. Right? That sounds yeah. like... Um, What's that called? A genocide. Right. That sounds unacceptable. Right. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. Damn. That's gross. Yeah, it is. He's a racist or fuck. Like, he doesn't like one guy and he's like, I'm going to kill all your people. Yeah. Well, something tells me he already didn't like 
Jewish people right, I'm sure. and use this for an excuse. Well, there's got to be some reason why Mordecai is not, you know, right. bowing to him and shit. Yeah. So. In the twelfth year of King Xerxes, in the first month, the month of Nisan, the Pur, that is, the lot, was cast in the presence of Haman to select a day and month. And the okay. lot fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar. Then Haman said to King Xerxes, There is a certain people dispersed among the peoples and all the provinces of your kingdom who keep themselves separate. Mm. You know who I'm talking about, right? Mm. Their customs are different from those of all other people. They don't obey the king's laws. I'm just saying. Just putting it out there, kingy. I've never heard that before. They seem to, like, they just don't bow down to you, you fuck. And they don't pay taxes and they are separate and they're allowed to have their own worship and right. you know like I mean, I don't all like the being people. put in the position of defending the israelites but right. like i don't feel like there's been anything that they've blatantly done that's well the thing know. is is they were given the same permissions that all the people in xerxes reign like right. all the peoples were allowed to have their own worship and their own sure. town laws and shit like that. Right, right. Like we had a whole Q&A about this. Right. So, um Heyman's a dick. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he continues saying, "It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, sir, let a decree be issued to destroy them." Mm. Yeah. Wow. And just that simple, huh? Yeah. Just just tell tell us that we need to destroy them. Right. And I will give 10,000 talents of silver to the king's administrators for the royal treasury. Oh, wow. So He's basically, I king will pay you, king, sir. To destroy a whole to genocide. Group of people. Wow. Do a genocide and I will pay that's, you. That's terrifying. Right? Jesus. Like, what? We just did a business deal. Right. I gave him money. He exterminated a race of people. What? Wow. No bigs. I, it, like, it's happened before. Yeah. Like, the, the, this doesn't sound like it's just like out of left field. Right. It's like, what? This, yeah. is, this is how we do. So the king took his signet ring from his finger and gave it to Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. Keep the money, the king said to Haman, and do with the people as you fucking please. Oh, damn. Ugh. The fuck? These guys are grosser. Right? I say grosser because they were already gross. Yeah, right. Then, on the 13th day of the first month, the royal secretaries were summoned they wrote out in the script of each province and in the language of each people all Haman's orders to the king's satraps, the governors of the various provinces, and the nobles of the various peoples. These were written in the name of King Xerxes himself and sealed with his own ring. Dispatches were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces with the order to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews. Jesus Christ. Young and old. Women and children, on a single day, the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, and to plunder their goods. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's gross. Well, wait, how did we not hear about this well, in the I last mean, goings on? Like, remember, this is like, we're right. flashing back, right? Yeah. What is this? I have no idea. Okay. I mean, it didn't happen, clearly. Right, but right. But how? Why? What? Yeah. A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in each province and made known to the people of every nationality so they would be ready for that day. He's like, hey, in like five, six months, whatever, we're going to do a genocide. Everybody. Okay. 
obviously this must have been stopped by Esther. That must be I why. Like I'm, I'm guessing that that's part of why Esther has her right. own book. Right? She's probably going to be like, oh, by the way, I'm Jewish. Right. And I suck a mean dick. So are you sure <laughs> you want to kill all of us? Right. My good sir king? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. nobody else sucks dick like me, sir. <laughs> Okay, so there he's letting all the people be like, okay, gear up. We're going to do a genocide. Ready? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, the couriers went out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. The king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was bewildered. The end. Wow. What, talk about a cliffhanger. Right? Jesus. Okay. I, just genocide hanging out in the balance here. Yes. And I have to say, I'm going to preface this, Okay. I am obviously totally against a genocide. Right. And I am totally against anti-Semitism. Correct. Okay? Now, having said all that, this is the best book of the Bible so far. I mean, it's still, story. still a good story, right? Yeah, For I mean, story. Right. And, and even Cliffhanger. Yeah. Got a cliffhanger here. Right? I mean, granted, the cliffhanger is genocide. Right. Which is and Which I and don't wrong. want. Yes. Right. But... But I'm invest. Damn. I'm invested. Oh yeah. Like no, I'm, like I want to know what's going to fucking happen. Right. This is like I think the first time that I have actually said I want to read the next chapter. Right. Of the Bible. Yeah. No, I've I, I've never felt that way. I, I really I I need to know, but we yeah. can't. No, we can't, we can't read, read yet, ahead. So. No, no I mean, spoilers. We could read ahead, but they can't read ahead. You better not read ahead, guys. <laughs> I'm not reading ahead, and I am the one reading this out loud. I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners have already read the whole fucking thing. Probably. I'm just saying. Probably. Like, you know. So they're probably they haven't laughing. Read it, they haven't read it like we re- we're reading it. But they're but... probably laughing at us like, huh, you don't fucking know what happened, right? and yeah. I do. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we can safely say that there wasn't a genocide. But I don't know what happened. Maybe there was a war. Maybe. I mean, I don't fucking know. Right. I don't fucking know. Right. I didn't even know about Esther until, you know. This thing, this book, yeah, yeah, right. So I don't know what happened. Okay, maybe well, they killed half of them. Maybe they killed a quarter of them. The, the t- I don't this is not know. just a cliffhanger. This is a cliffhanger on a Friday. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! This is like watching The Last of Us, and you got to wait a week <laughs> for the next episode. Which, right. by the way, if you're not watching The Last of Us on HBO, you need to run real fast. Sign up, get that free um trial or whatever. If you don't have HBO, just get the free trial and you need to fucking binge The Last of Us. <laughs> it's so good. We are not getting paid for this advertisement. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'll let you know if I ever like get paid for something right, that, yeah. that I am cheering for. Or but... it'll sound like an ad. You know, yeah. Which we do have those sometimes. We do have those, but you could tell when we're reading versus when I'm just like enthusiastically Saying, you guys. Right, right. It's like a really good show. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. All right. So that was uh, Esther chapter three. Was it chapter three? It was. It was. It was Esther chapter three. And tomorrow is Saturday and we'll be back with. Um, We will be <laughs> back with Sacrilegious Book Club. Incorrect. No, we will be back with Q&A Saturday. That's the one. That's the one. Yes. And then on Sunday, we'll be reading. 
we'll be reading you, you sacrilegious bullet club. Now, okay. Now you're yeah, on board. Yeah. Now you're okay. on board. And then you'll and do then the Monday, weekly replay. Oh yeah, I'll do the weekly replay. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday we'll be back with Esther chapter four. All right, we got it down now. I tried real hard there. You tried real hard. I had to try real hard. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't, half the time I don't even know what the fuck day it is. <laughs> Not even gonna lie. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here and uh, we'll see you guys later. I'm going to go consult a calendar now. Bye. Bye. Husband. Wife. Do you know what today is? It's late on a Saturday. It's Q&A Saturday. Late. Late. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, what are we uh, Q&A-ing today? Okay, so I've Which been... chapters first? Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> uh, chapter... Wait, no. The Book of Esther, chapters one, two, and three? Yes, Does that, that is correct. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's what we're covering. Right. And we're going to talk about Queen Vashti. Okay. A, a lot. And a little bit about who the fuck is King Aesaurus. I don't even remember the Aesaurus. You wouldn't because it wasn't there. But it was, but it wasn't. But I didn't what? say it. Yeah, I know, right? Stay okay. tuned. All right, let's get into this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who is King Aesaurus and why do I give a fuck? Right. Right? Yeah. Okay, so you know how at the beginning of each little section, um, as we're reading, there's those little headline blurbs yeah. that like subtitle the next section or whatever right and right we decided not to read those right okay so i've been sitting on this since wednesday because oh. um the chapter started out queen vashti defies king aesaurus or okay. aesaurus or however you say his name got it i kind of like the dinosaur right aesaurus yeah yeah so that's what I've been saying in my head. Got it. But the whole rest of the chapter referred to King Xerxes. Right. So I filed that away in my little brain hole <laughs> and was like, I'm going to check that shit out. Right. And so now I'm checking that shit out. Okay. All right. Okay? Yeah. So, because it's actually subtitled Queen Vashti defies King Aesaurus. A- okay. Okay. Yeah. So who's King Aesaurus? Right. And why is the rest of the chapter referencing Xerxes. Xerxes? Yeah. So... The Hebrew form of Aesaurus is believed to have derived from the old Persian name of Xerxes I. Oh. The Persian name was independently rendered in ancient Greek as Xerxes, and the E's have all these fun clicky doodles on top sure. of all different, you know, yeah. blah, 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 cool stuff. Okay, um, the Persian name was independently rendered in ancient Greek as Xerxes, and many newer English translations and paraphrases of the Bible have used the name Xerxes. Okay. Such as the one that we're reading from. Yeah. Except for that one subtitle. That's weird that they subtitle it the one way, but then mm-hmm. refer the other. Exactly. That's, that's really why weird. I was confused. Yeah. There is no reference to known historical events in this story that we're reading. Okay. Okay. About Queen Vashti and Got it. Esther and whatever. Okay. Okay. Some consider the narrative of Esther was given to provide an origin for the Jewish holiday Purim, which we will get into in these coming chapters. Okay. Okay. Yep. So I couldn't read too much more without giving myself spoilers about what's ahead. Right. Right. But Purim is a very important Jewish holiday. And um, this story 
supposedly gives the origins of that holiday. Okay. Okay. And the name Aesaurus is usually understood to refer to a fictionalized Xerxes I who ruled the Achaemenid Achaemenid Empire. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Between 486 and 465 BCE. Got it. Okay. Okay. So that's all I'm going to say about that guy because, like I said, the rest kind of gets into... Well, Other shit we're going to cover. What's Purim? Well, we're not there yet. Right, right. Okay? Yeah. So just file that away in your brain hole. Okay. Okay? Yep. But then now let's get on to Vashti. Vashti. Got That's it. who I'm really interested in right after who was King Aesaurus. Okay. Okay? Yep. Vashti, as the first wife of Persian King Aesaurus in the book Esther, was a queen of Persia. She was either executed or banished for mm. her refusal to appear at the king's banquet to show her beauty as Aesaurus wished. So we were right. Something bad did happen to but her. we don't know if she was banished or right, killed. Right, right. But something bad. Something bad. Either way. Yeah. She was get gone. Right. Yeah. So that refusal, her refusal to come forward yeah. at his beck and call might be better understood via the Jewish tradition that she was ordered to appear naked. Except for oh. that crown. Like, remember, she was Wait, told to this, appear. They aren't Jewish, though. Xerxes is not Jewish. Remember, right. they don't even like Jewish people. Right. But the Jewish tradition is that she was ordered to appear naked. Okay. Not the, the Jewish tradition of the story, the way the Jews oh, tell the oh, story, oh, oh. Okay. is that she I'm sorry. was ordered to appear naked. Got it. Got it. Not that they were Jewish. Got it. Okay. okay. So, in yeah. In lore, she was supposed to appear naked. Yeah. Okay. Except for the crown on her head. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Now, in the Midrash, which is one of the um, supplemental books, supplemental books written by um, rabbis that kind of give us a what's what. Right. Um, Vashti is described as wicked and vain. Okay. Okay. Now we'll get into that more in a minute. Okay. So I've got a little asterisk note more later. Sure. Okay. So file that away again in your brain hole. Right. However. She is viewed as an independent-minded heroine, heroine, in feminist feminist theological interpretations of the story. Got it. And then I've got a double asterisk. More on that in a minute, too. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, I'm already loving this because I'm like, oh, shit. Who's Vashti? <laughs> and I'm going to need a t-shirt that says, Justice for Vashti. I need somebody to track all the fucking t-shirts you need. <laughs> Jesus. But this one I really need because, Got it, yeah. you know, feminism. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because the text lacks any references to known events, some historians believe that the narrative of Esther is fictional and the name Aesaurus is used to refer to a fictionalized Xerxes I. Got it. Some historians additionally argue that because the Persian kings did not marry outside a handful of per- Persian noble families, it is very unlikely that there was ever a Jewish Queen Esther. Right. And that in any case, the historical Xerxes' queen was Amestris. Okay. okay. Yep. So this is very likely made Not true of, in any way whatsoever. Right. Got and it. again, it's just a story to talk about why the holiday of Purim was Got it. created so or whatever. An entire holiday has an origin of complete fiction. Yes. Okay. Sound that tracks. Got it. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So according to the Midrash, Vashti was the great granddaughter of King Nebuchadnezzar II of Babylon. Yeah. The granddaughter of King King Amel Marduk and the daughter of King 
Belshazzar. Okay. That King Belshazzar. You know, okay. how bizarre. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Right. Okay. During Vashti's father's rule, mobs of Medes or Medes and Persians attacked. Okay. They murdered Belshazzar that night. Vashti, unknowing of her father's death, ran to her father's quarters. There she was kidnapped by King Darius of Persia. But Darius took pity on her. How and Darius he. How Darius he. Yeah. <laughs> he took pity on her after he kidnapped her and gave her to his son Aesorus to marry. Ah. Okay. Yeah. As you know, you just give women away. Yeah. When you feel sorry for them, so, you're like, oh, here, go instead live of a with... Tonka truck, you know, you, right. you give women. Here, you can have a Barbie and a truck, like a Hot Wheels. Yeah. Or a new bride. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So remember I told you I had two. I'll get there in a minute. Yeah. Okay. So here's the first I, one. I got to interject real quick though. Mm-hmm. Vashti. Yes. These people killed her dad and her entire family probably mostly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they give her mm-hmm. to their son mm-hmm. to marry. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be very happy with that scenario if I was a person in the same scenario. In Vashti's shoes. Yeah. Like that's a shit ass scenario. Yeah. So just yeah. saying. Yeah. Okay. That, that, uh, that, no, that was totally it. Agree. That was it. I mean, death would have been the alternative. So sure. Death, or you can live with my son. Because it's I'm still sorry a shit you. situation. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. So. Definitely agree. Okay. So the first asterisk that I wrote was that you know in some uh, stories she's viewed as a piece of shit asshole, right? Right. Okay. We're going to talk about that one. Okay. Based on Vashti's descent from a king who was responsible for the destruction of the temple, as well as on her unhappy fate, the Midrash presents Vashti as wicked and vain. Okay. Okay. I told you about that. She wouldn't have been the one making the decision, though, about destroying the temple. That was her dad or grandfather or whatever the fuck he was. Right, but what they're saying is she comes from bad people. Okay. And her her dad was bad. She's bad. And, um, you know, she didn't come when the king called. So, fuck that bitch. I I really don't think that women had a lot of opportunity to be bad in this era. They did not. They did not. They just were. And they got pushed around and, 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 you know... They had to do what they were told, basically, or mm-hmm. they get banished slash executed. Right, right. So, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm glad to hear you say that, but we will talk about her as Sure. A- no, I'm just I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I don't like people saying she's bad. I'm like, she didn't fucking do anything. She got her parents killed. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, she didn't get her parents killed. Well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her parents I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, said that, I said that badly. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. But no, I get what you're saying. Now, since Vashti is ordered to appear before the king on the seventh day of the feast, the rabbis argued that Vashti enslaved Jewish women and forced them to work on the Sabbath. Okay, but again, they're not Jewish. These people are not Jewish. And if they're in a, like, it wouldn't have exactly been her decision. There might have been slaves. I'm sure there were slaves, in fact. But, like, do you have sympathy for their, like, when you have slaves? I, I Okay, I'm not trying to defend Vashti, right? But she's told to hold a banquet for the women of the the area. She right? wasn't told to hold one. Okay, she, she was holding one. She did hold one okay. the same day that he held his. But she needs help getting it ready, and there are slaves. You don't take into question whether or not they need the day off or not. You're like, no, you're slaves. And I'm not agreeing with the scenario. Just right. be clear here. Yeah. But it, this would have happened with anybody in that era. They would have been like, no, you 
work for me. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck about your fucking traditions. Right. The, you, yeah, nobody's talking about the slaves that would have served the king's banquet. Right, right. Right. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I was getting at. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not trying to defend slavery in any way whatsoever. It's a horrible thing. Obviously. But also, the women of that era are a lesser type. You know, they are not right. treated as correctly. equals. They were not correctly. treated correctly. Right. Yeah. And they are pulling from the same pool of slaves that the king would have been using. Yes. So I don't know that that was specifically something that she would have said, I'm going to make these people work on their holiday or their day or their Sabbath. You know, like right. it's just part of what happened back then. Exactly. And again, not defending slavery at all. So I hear you and I agree with you, but let me continue. Sure. Okay? Sorry. I'm getting a little heated here. about I stuff, hear so, you. Yeah. I really appreciate it, husband. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> So they attribute her unwillingness to appear before the king and his drinking partners, not to modesty, but rather to an affliction with a disfiguring illness. Okay. So she didn't want to appear to them naked or otherwise, they say, because she had some kind of disfiguring illness. Got it. Okay. Which, you know, that just goes along with. And of course, as a bad guy, only bad guys get disfiguring illnesses. Sure, yeah, that's okay. how that goes. One account relates that she suffered from leprosy, oh, while damn. another states that the angel Gabriel came and, quote, fixed a tail on her. Oh, man. Right? She had a fucking tail? What the fuck, right? Man. Now, the latter possibility, the tail, yeah. okay, is often interpreted as a euphemism for a miraculous transformation to male anatomy. What? That the tail was actually a penis. I'm I'm okay. So 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 an angel came down and 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 did poof. An... You're a man. Hmm. Right. <laughs> Like, I don't know what to say about that. Like, is this our first representation of trans? <laughs> right? In, in... Like, that's that's an interesting little... Like, that could be maybe a whole fucking episode in and of itself. Yes, it could. What the fuck? Yeah, I I will be looking more into that, obviously. Right, yeah. But um, the little section I was looking at didn't have a lot else to say on that. So okay. Moving right. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. According to the Midrashic account... Vashti was a clever politician, and the ladies' banquet that she held in parallel to her husband's banquet uh-huh. represented an astute political maneuver. Okay. Since the noble women of the kingdom would be present at her banquet, she would have control of a valuable group of hostages in case a coup d'etat occurred during the king's feast. Oh. So she was actually doing the king a favor, maybe-ish? No. Like by having control of the powerful people's wives? Well, maybe, maybe. But also it was um, protection for her so that she could not be um, knocked from her throne right in front of anybody when she decided, no, I'm not going to come to you. Got it. She's like, and I have all these other people hostage here. Well, that didn't work out very well. No, it didn't. Okay. But that's enough about that. Remember I said I had a second asterisk? Yes. And this was about her being viewed as a feminist icon. Okay. Okay? Yep. Vashti's refusal to obey the summons of her drunken husband has been admired as heroic in many feminist interpretations of the Book of Esther. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I took it. Like, mm-hmm. she stood up to this guy who's drunk an asshole, right? Mm-hmm. So, whatever. 
early feminists admired Vashti's principle and courage, as well they should. Right. Harriet Beecher Stowe called Vashti's disobedience the first stand for women's rights. Wow. Right? That's amazing. Yeah. um, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and I had to look her up because I had never heard of her. She's an American writer and activist who was a leader of the women's rights movement in the U.S. during the mid to late 19th century. Okay. So... 1800s. Yeah. Um, anyway, this chick, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, wrote that Vashti, quote, added new glory to her day and generation by her disobedience. For resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. Hmm. Interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then there's Vashti in pop culture. And there was like a whole string of things. Like the name Vashti is given to many characters. It's a cool name. Yeah, it's a cool name. And then knowing what it represents makes it right, even cooler. Right, right. Um, there were only two that I thought were worth, uh, or I'm sorry, there was only one that I thought was really worth um, repeating here. Yeah. yeah. Vashti makes a brief appearance in the Veggie Tales episode, Esther, the girl who became queen. You know, Veggie Tales, right? Yeah, that's a religious cartoon. Mm hmm. So. Mm-hmm. In the episode, she is abruptly thrown out of the palace after she refuses to make the king a sandwich in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just thought that was worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah. What a what a PC way of putting the whole thing. Yes. Yes. Jesus. Yeah. Um, way to go, VeggieTales. Mm, you yeah. done did good there. I guess. Right. So that is my little two cents on both King Aesaurus Rex and his wife. Vashti. Vashti. All right. Well, that was our uh, Q&A for um, Esther 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow we're going to be back with... Our um, Sacrilegious Book Club. And then on Monday we'll be back with... Esther Chapter 4. All right, guys. We'll see you then. Bye. Husband. Wife. Do you know what we're doing? Uh, yeah, it's Sunday and we're doing the... Sacrilegious Book Club. Yeah. And uh, so what are we going over today? Well, we are still reading A Treasury of Jewish Folklore. Stories, traditions, legends, humor, wisdom, and folk songs of the Jewish people. Edited by Nathan Ozubel. Okay. And what are we getting into exactly today? Today we are going to be getting into Martyrs, which is... The subsection that falls under holy men, which comes under heroes, which is the second part, as opposed to the first part, which was Jewish salt. Okay. Do you remember all that? Yes. (laughs) I don't believe you. (laughs) So martyrs then. Yeah, martyrs. All right, let's, uh, let's go do this. Okay, go. Okay, so martyrs. Yeah, martyrs. Martyrs. Um, Like many of the sections before, this one comes with an introduction. Oh, boy. Which starts on page 145. (laughs) All right. And I'm going to read a few lines from it because it really summarizes pretty well what we're getting into here. Okay. Okay? Yep. There is no kind of piety in the Jewish traditional conception that equals that of the martyr. Nor does it consider that there is a righteousness or heroism that can compare with offering one's life in defense of the Jewish people. Mm, okay. 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 So they take their uh, martyring 
very, very important stuff. Got it. Okay? Got I it. take it very seriously. Yep. Okay. And then it says some other stuff, and I'm going to skip down here to another couple lines here. The weak and the irresolute could not muster the necessary moral strength for the ordeal that given um, what we're referring to is all of the um, stuff that the Jews have been through. Right. That's what the quote unquote ordeal is. Got it. So they sought a dubious safety in conformity. So the weak and irresolute could not muster the moral strength, meaning they gave in. Got it. Um, So they sought a dubious safety in conformity. But the overwhelming majority remained loyal to their faith because they lived by principle. They preferred to die a martyr's death. Although the Jewish religious law against suicide and infanticide was implacably stern, the rabbis nonetheless lifted the ban against it in times of supreme trial, for it was morally more endurable to die by one's own innocent hand than to submit to the enemy like a sheep that is led to the slaughter. During the excesses against the Jews at the time of the Crusades, entire communities perished together. Jesus. Yes. With the prayer on their lips as they locked themselves in their synagogues and set fire to them. Holy hell. Right? In the English town of York, for instance, almost the entire Jewish community of 500 committed suicide rather than accept conversion. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they, like, did not have to talk each other into it. They all, I mean, this was, That's yeah, we will crazy. do this. crazy. Rather than capitulate. Right. That's, wow. Yeah, that is dying for your faith right there. I mean, there's some history there that would be mm-hmm. somewhat interesting, actually. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, sounds like. Yeah. So... So then down towards the end, um, the final paragraph reads, Folklore based on historical experience is generated but slowly in our sophisticated age. Who can doubt that a vast body of legendary lore in both song and story will ultimately emerge from the terrible ordeals which the Jewish people underwent at the hands of the Nazis during World War II? The six million martyrs who were tortured, shot, buried alive, hanged, and burned in an orgy of criminal bestiality never before known in history have left behind in them the scarred memory of their people, the raw materials of a staggering martyrology which needs but the passage of time to be transmuted into folklore. Yeah. Even though... um, what we are reading, like the scope of our podcast, it comes from time well before World War Two. Yeah. I felt like because we are reading Jewish stories, that that final paragraph there really does yeah. bear importance no, in, and I in think, reading you this. Know, you saying that, it brings up a point that I've thought about it often, and that's that we're talking about um, the Old Testament a lot, which is you know, the Jewish people and, Mm -hmm. you know, Israelites and what have you. And there is, uh, it's touch and go how it's received sometimes as far as Mm -hmm. you can be looked at as anti-Semitic for, Mm -hmm. you know, saying things that are against God or against the Israelites and things like that. Right. And I don't know, I, I, we have to be able to talk about things, right? Right. And, um, you know, it is, it is the, one of, it's it's the biggest tragedy, you know. I mean, the, sure. the Holocaust is 
beyond words. It's beyond anything. Right. And obviously, you know, there is a lot of empathy on both of our parts for what happened to the Jewish people during the time of the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the the book that they have as their religious text affects us still today and it has to be discussed. Right. You know, I think it's a matter of holding, and, and I see this quite often in regards to so many things, we have to be able to hold two diametrically opposed ideas in our head at the same time, which right. is that um, anti-Semitism does not fly. It is not okay. I mean, and really, you could place that with anything. Anti-anything is not... Sure. I mean, unless sure. it's against somebody that's hateful, and you know, I mean, right? I, I just, but you know, anti-trans, anti, you know, anything is not sure. okay. Yes, I totally agree. You have to be able to accept people for who they are and who they choose to be. Right, and I you also know? have to be allowed to criticize their religion. Right, right. No, just because you accept them does not mean you cannot criticize them. Sure. We can accept somebody and still criticize. I them. I mean, shit. I love the hell out of you, and I criticize you all the time. Fuck yeah, you so. do. <laughs> so i can have great respect admiration and empathy for um the jewish people and still think that their religious text is kind of wonky yeah no i I mean that's how i feel about it especially as pertains to it being the precursor to christianity as we know it today right which is the real problem well and it's the precursor to islam too sure so i mean another issue yeah altogether yeah that we're not quite prepared to get into yet, but will. Technically, it's the precursor to Mormonism, too. Oh, God. <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. That's just, that's There's just a that. silly club. Yeah, the, right. the Mormons. Yeah. I don't even count them as a real religion, honestly. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm a horrible human being. I've already been told I'm going to hell, though. So, <laughs> right, you know, right. what else can you do to me? My yeah. credit isn't great. <laughs> We've been to hell. Don't forget. We have been yeah. to hell. Yes. So with all that being said, <laughs> let's jump into some of these stories. Sure. Um, this first one I'm going to read is called The Prayer of the Ancestors on page 149. Okay. And it happened... In those dark days of bloody terror, the groans of the people rose to the very throne of God, and the halls of heaven resounded with lamentation. O Jeremiah, Jeremiah, go and let the ancestors know of your people's grief. Call them forth from their graves that they may raise their voices in sorrow, since they have the power to weep and supplicate. Which, let me interrupt here for a second. Jeremiah, I believe, is one of the books we will be reading here shortly. Okay. So, interesting. Yep. And behold, following the bidding of the celestial voice, the grief-stricken prophet wandered along the desolate banks of the Jordan, crying aloud, O Moses, son of Amram, rise from your grave and look after your flock. In the distant plains of an alien land, your people again lives in slavery as it did in your days. Again, it is being strangled with the halter of humiliation. Everyone tramples upon it with his feet and fancies he is doing a noble deed. Murderous mobs fall upon the houses of your children, plunder and kill. Despair grips the soul of your people and its eyes are full of anguish. Oh, Moses, Moses. An outcry of horror and grief rent the breast of Moses and he hastened to inform the ancestors. They gathered and sat down upon the temple ruins. The gloom of desolation veiled the heavens. Wait, I have to stop you for a second. Mm -hmm. Is this like 
they've been exiled, and this is like the ghost of Moses, supposedly. Yeah, this is this is a, a fairy tale, if you okay. will. Okay, all right. Yes. Sorry, I just um. Yeah. This is not like a story of something that actually happened. This is a fairy tale. Well, I mean, where they're talking about all of their ancestors looking down on what's happening and and talking about it together. You, you say it's not a fairy tale, but then have you read the Bible? No, it is a fairy tale. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying. Just saying. Yes. Or yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean. I do. I do know what you mean. But yes, it it's not a ghost story per se. It's a fairy tale that is about the Jewish people looking to their ancestors, and then the ancestors looking to each other sure. in sorrow. Okay. With tears in his eyes, rent garments, and ashes upon his head. Abraham appeared before God and pleaded, Almighty God, why have you visited upon my children so much grief and pain? And together with Abraham wept and, wept and lamented the angels. Only the heavens remained mute and the eternal judge kept silent. Mm. Again, Abraham complained, Have my children transgressed against you? Have they violated your holy commandments? If so, then let the Torah herself appear as accuser against them and shimmering in a celestial light, the Torah appeared. So like as a, okay. in, in a like angelic or human form, right. the Torah appeared. Right. Oh, my daughter moaned Abraham. Recall that when you were scorned by all the nations of the earth, the only ones to elect you were my children. How can you refuse to testify for them in the days of their grief? But the Torah kept silent. Then let the individual letters of the words in the Torah step forward. Let them bear witness against my children, cried Abraham. Okay. But also the letters of the words in the Torah kept silent. Ruler of the universe, prayed Abraham, remember my devotion to you and have mercy upon my children. In, your answer, in answer to your call, I left my home wandered in the wilderness and among desolate mountains in order to secure for my children a tranquil shelter. You promised it to me. You spoke. Then recall this, O God, and let your mercy descend. But the face of the Almighty remained gloomy and stern. Mm. The patriarch Isaac now appeared. Okay. At the command of my father, O Almighty God, I bared my throat to the sacrificial knife upon Mount Moriah. Remember, Isaac was the one whose father, you know, his father was going to kill him at God's word. Right, right. Right? Yeah. And now I pray you withdraw the knife from my children's throats and release them from your anguish. But the face of the Almighty remained gloomy and stern. Then Jacob prayed. You know, he's yep. the father of Israel. Right. Of all those different tribes, yep. the 12 tribes. Right. All my life, I have had nothing but sorrow. My brother Esau incited against me and persecuted me. I endured it all for the sake of my children so that no one should incite against them, so that no one should persecute them. All my love and tenderness I gave to them, protected them like a bird its fledglings. But now my poor children languish in a distant land, and their cruel oppressors fill their lives with terror. Therefore, let your word ring out, O Lord. Redeem them from their sorrow. But the face of the Almighty remained gloomy and stern. Mm. Then Moses stepped forward and prayed, 
Oh my God, for 40 years as you had desired, I served as father and shepherd to this people. For 40 years I roamed the wilderness like an animal, and when I reached the threshold of the promised land, I listened to your voice and departed from the world. I believed and hoped that my people was destined to prosper and to be happy. And now, behold, it is scattered, plundered, and crushed. And the robbers who have done it all gleefully are sharing their spoil. For how long, O oh God? Then there throbbed the soundless music of eternity, and the heavens were suffused with a great light. And out of the radiance there thundered forth the voice of God. Mm. Redemption is nigh. Oh, not not the end, but redemption. Redemption is nigh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the end of the story. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So he he, he waited to hear all those fathers of Israel mm-hmm. to, to to speak, and then he's then he just says, "Redemption is nigh." He's basically like, "Hang tight." I, okay. Continue to hold. Right. Right. <laughs> like my dude. Right. What do you? Okay. Whatever. Yeah. That's silly. It, I mean, I mean, not silly, but it's. I thought it was both beautiful and tragic. Right, right. That you would still cling to such a god that would, like, just look at you and say that. Right. You know. Yeah, because you know, if we take it at face value, right? Mm-hmm. The hardships that these people endured in order to get to where they were prior to the Israelites being exiled. Mm-hmm. You know, they went through a lot of shit. Yeah. You know, and then just to have them still fucking abandoned by God. Yeah. And then all he says in response is, redemption is nigh. I'd be like, what the fuck, man? What kind of answer is that? Right? Like, like I think we deserve a little bit more, man. That is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can you don't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. So the next one is called Miriam and the Seven Little Martyrs. Okay. And that's on page 151. The Seven Little Martyrs. Her children. Her Got seven it. children. Okay. Miriam, the daughter of Tanum, and her seven sons were taken into captivity and brought before Caesar in Rome. To the first son, Caesar said, Bow down before the idol. I will not deny the Holy One, praised be he, replied the boy, for he has told us, I am the Lord thy God. Kill him, commanded Caesar, and they did as he commanded. Okay. Next, then they let in the second son. You see where this is going, right? Yep. Bow down before the idol, ordered Caesar. I will not betray my God, cried the boy, for he has written, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Him too, Caesar ordered slain. Next came the turn of the third son. Bow down before the idol, ordered Caesar. The boy answered, I will not bow before the idol, because God has commanded, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. And they let him out to die like his brothers. The same happened with the fourth son. He said, I will not be faithless to my God who has commanded, for thou shalt bow down to no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Mm. And him too they led away to die. Okay. When the fifth son came before Caesar, he cried out, Shall I abandon my God who has exhorted us? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He too had to die. Jesus. Yep. What what does this prove? What is what is what is this what what God would let this happen? Well, you'd have to believe in God. Yeah, and no, I, I know. don't. But I mean, but seriously though, if yeah. there is if there was a God. What God would let this happen? Why would they let this happen? It's like it's a it's a insane story. I totally agree. Whatever. Okay. 
Afterwards, they brought the sixth son of Miriam, and Caesar spoke to him in the same manner as he had spoken to his five brothers. He answered, I will not turn away from my God, because in his Torah it is written, And thou shalt find him if thou search after him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Kill him, cried Caesar. Finally, they brought the seventh and the youngest son of Miriam. Bow down before the idol, ordered Caesar. I will first ask counsel of my mother, the boy answered. I mean, this is the seventh child, so he's a little in, you know. Then he went to his mother and said, what shall I do, mother? And Miriam replied, do you wish to stand without while your brothers rest in the radiance of the Almighty? Oh, that's ugly. Heed me then. Close your ears to this wicked man and remain true to your dear brothers. Okay. All right. And so the boy returned to Caesar, and Caesar asked, Will you obey me now? I will not deny my God, cried the boy, for it is written, The Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not fail thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swore unto them. Take heed my words, commanded Caesar. You are only a child and know not what you do. Do as I bid you, and I will spare your life. I will cast my ring upon which is engraved the image of my idol, upon the floor. You must bend down, therefore, and pick it up, so that everyone will think that you have bowed before my God. So he's trying to he's give trying the to kid... trying to give him an out. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Woe to you, O wicked king, replied the boy. If I fear not to face my maker, the ruler of the universe, how much less should I fear you, who are only a man? God damn, wow. that's brave, right? Yeah. Then die, cried Caesar. And when Miriam saw how they came to put her youngest to death, she was filled with a terrible grief. Let me kiss him first, she pleaded. Caesar granted her wish, and she drew the boy into her arms and kissed and fondled him. Now, I don't think they meant fondled the way we think of when we say fondled. No, no. (laughs) I swear by your life, O Caesar, she implored. Slay me first before you slay my child. That I cannot do, answered Caesar, for your Torah forbids the killing of a mother with her young. You hypocrite, cried Miriam wrathfully. Have you followed all the precepts of our Torah that only this precept is left for you to observe? And Caesar was enraged and cried out, let the child be killed instantly. But Miriam would not let go of her boy. Be not sad and fear not, my child, she bade him. You are now going to paradise to join your dear brothers who have died before you. And when you see our father Abraham, tell him, Thus spoke my mother. You, Abraham, must not be vainglorious because you built an altar on which to sacrifice your son Isaac to the Lord. I raised seven altars for my seven sons. You, Abraham, only wished to bring your son as a sacrifice. I sacrificed all my sons. You were only proven. I was bereaved. I God damn. don't know what to say. Because here's, here's my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I find martyrdom in the religious sense kind of sickening. It's a little terrifying, honestly. Like, you, you know, your life is precious. And to give it up for this idea that doesn't exist makes me... I, I just... I can't wrap my head around it, right? And... I understand, I can understand dying for a cause. I just don't understand those causes. Right. I was like, going to I, I was gonna say something similar. I can understand dying for good, dying for the right, right dying right. for But I can't the, the understand an, 
an an unseen good, right? Yeah. Like an unknown, unseen good. Just faith. Blind Just faith. faith. I don't have blind faith. Right. I don't understand it. Yeah, and I, I really, I, mean, I don't know. I just, I just don't understand it. It doesn't, uh, doesn't register to me. No, I totally, so. I'm with you on that one. And as Miriam spoke thus to her youngest, they killed him in her arms. She then raised her hand to heaven and prayed, My heart exults in the eternal because my children remain, remained faithful to him in death as in life. O oh, you enemies and oppressors of Israel, how vain is your arrogance. Know that if God punishes us now, it is not because you are mighty, but because it is his will. O oh Lord, I implore you, take my soul from me, so that I may be united with my dear children. Do not abandon me to the scorn and derision of our enemies, but take me to you. And no sooner had she ended her prayer than she sank to the earth and died. Fortunate mother, cried all of Israel when they heard of it. Now she is joined forever with her children. Poor unfortunate mother, wailed the angels. What a sad fate was her lot. And when the heathen heard of it, they were filled with wonder and asked, What sort of God is this Jewish God for whom his worshippers are so eager to lay down their lives? That's mm. me and you, the heathens. Yeah, but it wouldn't make me think that. I mean, it just wouldn't. Like, I'd, I don't know. I, I I mean, I do think, what sort of God is this Jewish God for whom his worshippers are so eager to lay down their lives? But right. But my voice is full of scorn, not the... Wow, filled with wonder. My voice is, what kind of God is that? Well, we have scorn for, you know, um, the for the for Muslims who are martyr, mar, who martyr themselves in the name of Muhammad or, mm -hmm. or whatever that, you know, yeah, for their religion. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we scorn that as a as a large group of people like we mm -hmm. think that that's ridiculous as a society mm -hmm. and as a as a whole society i'm not saying right. that you know muslims in the u.s think that that's ridiculous but it's not something that we accept as a good thing right right, right. so i just can't imagine I, I there's not really martyrdom in christianity or you know the jewish tradition as of right now right right, right. so it's not something that i can wrap my head around exactly yeah but I don't feel like I would look on it kindly. I don't think I would I either. I don't think it's a... I, I still... Like, I cannot imagine letting all seven of your kids die just to accept... Just to not accept their God. Out loud. Like, you right. know, who cares? Fucking accept it. And then keep your tradition alive in your family. I don't think that that's a brave move. I don't think that you did the right thing. I am going to reserve judgment because... I don't have a belief that's larger than myself right, like that. Right. So I I agree with you in principle, but But it's I'm, hard to state that from that point of view when you don't have that point of view. Yeah, exactly. I just I don't I don't have that that great faith that's outside of myself that I would stand firm. I mean I don't know, like if um, our country was invaded and they came door to door and were saying, you know, say that you now belong to this other country. And like all of our neighbors were like, fuck no, you know, we're America. This is America. We're Americans. Right. I don't know. Would I, would I stand with them and be like, no, I'm not X, Y, Z. I think if there country. was no hope, I would say, yeah, I'm with you guys, whatever you guys fucking won. You know? Really? Yeah. I don't know. 
Um, you're more practical than I am, though. <laughs> like, I am more righteous and angry and... I'm not saying I wouldn't fight them off. But, no. like, once I knew they won, and if, like you said, if they were coming door to door, I mean, it's over at that point, right? Like, it, we're, it's done. So, I'm just like, well, I, it is what it is. I think that it's an interesting question. Like, when we were watching, um, what was that show that we were watching that was based on the book? And it was where Germany and Japan split oh. America in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man in the High Castle. The man in the high castle, right? And um, a lot of the people that were American went with each of the countries, depending on where they lived yeah. in, in the United States, which For were sure. no longer. Um, they they went along with, and they they helped, in essence, the rest of their countrymen become. Um, Part of that part, group. Part of that group. Right. And I mean, is there any, is there any valor in that? And so. Some you, of it is to survive. So, I mean, you know, even the people that were subversive, though, went along with the, not not as much, but they went along with the, the day to day. Right. Mm-hmm. In order to survive and fight another day subversively. Right. Right. Like there's, there's some merit to saying, well, I'm just going to survive the day and figure this out tomorrow. Put your head down and. Right. through. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't know that I could do that. Like I'm too angry. I'm, I rail against, um, capitalism and corporate America. Right. And that is a country that I am part of sure. a system. I am part of, I cannot imagine me just being silent in the face of oppression, even if it meant to protect my own life. Right. I don't know. All right. Well, I got a couple more here. Um, the Martyrdom of Rabbi Hananah on page 154. Okay. When Rabbi Yosef fell sick, Rabbi Hananah visited him at his bedside. Hananah, my brother, Rabbi Yosef asked him, why do you oppose the Romans? Don't you know that their rule over us is decreed from heaven? Do you want further proof than that they have burned God's temple and have killed all the pious in Israel? Does God punish them for these terrible misdeeds? Of course not. Then it's a sign that the Romans are only doing the will of God. Now I have heard that you are breaking the laws of the empire, that you sit in the house of study and expound the Torah to multitudes in violation of the imperial decree. Take care that you are not punished with death for your sedition. What does it matter? Rabbi Hanana answered. God who is in heaven will show me his mercy. Rabbi Yose grew angry and reproachfully said, I am appealing to you with logic. Why do you give such a vague answer as if you expected a miracle to happen? I greatly fear, Hananah, that they will burn you together with the Holy Scrolls. Several days later, Rabbi Yose died. But because he was in high favor with the government, the great men of Rome attended his funeral and delivered eulogies over his grave. When they returned from the funeral, they found Rabbi Hananah expounding the Torah before a great multitude, so they condemned him to die. They wound about him the holy scrolls made of parchment, placed um, piles of wood. I changed it because they used the word um, faggots of wood, which um, we no longer use because it, right. it's 
got a bad connotation. So yep, yep. I'm just going to say a pile of wood. Okay. okay? Yep. Because, and I'm saying that out loud because this word is used more than once and I'm just not comfortable with it. Right, so. right. Anyway, they placed piles of wood at his feet and set them ablaze. Also, they brought bunches of moistened wool, which they placed on his breast in order to prolong his agony. Beholding his torments, his daughter, who was near him, cried bitterly, Is this the Almighty's reward for your devotion to the Torah? Rabbi Hananah answered, how can I feel grief when I'm being burned together with the blessed scrolls of the Torah? Oh my God. May he who defends the Torah against its traducers also take my part. What do you see, Rabbi? asked his students who watched the flames envelop him. I see the parchment of the holy scrolls burn and its letters fly like sparks in the air. Rabbi, cried his students pityingly, seeing how great were his torments. Open your mouth so that the fire may enter into you. Rabbi Hanana then replied, Far better that my soul should be taken away by him who gave it to me than that I myself should injure it. When the Roman official who supervised the execution heard Rabbi Hanana's words, he was stirred within him mightily. Were I to put more piles on the fire and remove from your breast the bunches of wet wool so that you may die the quicker, Will you reward me for this service with a place in your paradise? asked the Roman. In truth, I will, replied Rabbi Hananah. Then give me your oath. And Rabbi Hananah solemnly swore. The Roman cast more piles of wood on the fire and the blaze increased. Then he took the bunches of moist wool from his breast. And as Rabbi Hananah was about to give up his soul to God, the Roman himself leaped into the flames and was consumed. Oh my God. A celestial voice now sounded. Know that Rabbi Hananah, together with his executioner, have now entered into the gates of paradise. What the fuck? Right? Die for your religion. I mean, I understand the guilt of <laughs> executing somebody, so like that part kind of makes sense, actually. Right. But, Jesus. Right? Like, that's cuckoo beans. Right? Yeah. Okay, this is the last one. On page 156, we're going to read Rabbi Tanum is thrown to the lions. Okay. The emperor once said to Rabbi Tanum, let your people and mine become one nation. By your life, O emperor, what a wonderful plan that is, cried Rabbi Tanum. But inasmuch as we Jews are already circumcised, we cannot turn heathen. For this reason, let your people be circumcised and be like us. What does it matter whether you're circumcised or well, not? Because they're saying, let's be one. Well, yeah. we can't be like you because our dicks are chopped. We can't unchop our dicks. So in order to be as one, y'all are going to have to chop your dicks. Got it. Okay. Okay. Well said, replied the emperor ironically. But he who bests an emperor in argument deserves to be thrown to the wild beasts. <laughs> so they threw Rabbi Tanum to the wild beasts, but they did him no harm. Hmm. All who witnessed this marveled at the miracle. Huh? Ah. Did you know Ooh. that somebody died recently, like within the last, I don't know, it was, I think it was been within the last 20 years, there was like a person who thought that, you know, a, some, God would protect them from the lions, so he went into a lion thing serious? and then he got mauled by lions. And what? Died. Yeah. That's crazy. Where did that happen? I, I'd have to look it up. I've heard of it, but yeah, it's a thing. That oh happened. my goodness, that is stupid. Right? Yeah. <laughs> 
However, among them was a free thinker who did not believe in miracles. Mm. That was me. I yeah, was there. Right. So he derisively explained the incident in this ways. The wild beasts aren't hungry. That's why they don't eat the Jew. In order to test the truth of the free thinker's words, the emperor cast him to the wild beasts. They devoured him forthwith. The mm-hmm. end. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good one to end I on. I mean, that's funny, but... It hasn't worked out so well in the past for people that think that. So Right, exactly. Whatever. Hmm. All right. Well, that was our book club for today. Yes, it was. And uh, we'll be getting the weekly replay out here in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow we'll be back with... Esther Chapter 4? That is right. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you then. Bye. Hey, wife. I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Oh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.